Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Little Rock Ledbetter from Slam Diego. Uh, it's a really rough night for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, first and foremost, thoughts and prayers for Buddha Baker, who's parted off the field with a head injury, concussion. Um, word from Buddha has been words has been positive. He says he's doing okay, thank God, um, and uh, he's. He's a uh, part of the Cardinals' um, promising future moving forward um, and a huge part. Uh, what a tremendous season. He was our only All-Pro, um, second-team All-Pro um, on the Cardinals this year, and uh, deservedly so. I thought he he uh, deserved to be first-team, um, but uh, – Second team is is a is a nice distinction anyway, um, and he's a pro bowler. Uh, what a leader! What a baller! You know, typical um, Buddha. You know, giving in his all uh, late in that game, or you know, second half, putting everything he had into that tackle. Typically, he tackles a little bit. You know, he protects himself on tackles a little more, gets a little lower. Uh, that time, I think Akers just sort of lowered his head too quickly, and ba-boom, there was head-to-head -head contact. And Buddha um, was, you know, clearly, um, you know, uh, fighting uh, consciousness um, and crumpled up on the turf. It was really scary. And, um, <clears throat> but uh, he's a resilient sort, and... Um, we're going to need him next year more than ever. He and J.J. Watt, who uh, is just a marvel. I mean, Watt played well in the game. He, he, he had three tackles, and um, you know he, he was a physical presence. And the defense made a number of um, tackles for loss in this game, which we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, you know, Chandler Jones had to, Tanner Vallejo had to stepping up, playing downhill, albeit in place of Isaiah Simmons. That's a situation we're going to need to talk about. Um, uh, J.J. Watt had one. Corey Peters had one. Uh, Marcus Golden had one. Golden had the lone sack, which was a covered sack, and Golden cleaned up on. It's good to see him back in the sack column. Chandler Jones uh, repeatedly got steered wide of Stafford, and we didn't get uh, some interior rush, which is something we need to do for next year. Um, without question, there's uh, uh, going to need to be um, <clears throat> some sort of an upgrade in the middle to get pressure. Of course, having Watt in there next year will be huge. Um, Zach Allen is capable of sorts, uh, <clears throat> but um, and he'll need to take his game to the next level, as will uh, Richard Lawrence and Lecky Foto. 
but we need a, you know, and Jordan Phillips has been a two year disappointment. Unfortunately, um, he's had flashes when he's been in there, but mostly he hasn't been in there. And, um, you know, that's, that's an issue moving forward. I think you've got to move on from him. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's see what it would t take. Uh, you know, they got, oh boy, still, um, Nine million in dead cap for Phillips. Oh boy, um, and he's got a uh, um, thirteen mil cap hit for next year. Something needs to be done there. Maybe he can, like Robert Alford, create a uh, nice um, uh, compromise deal for next year. But something needs to be done there. Because you know, I was thinking. Uh, the Cardinals suffered some key losses in personnel um, and their depth was tested. Uh, and, you know, going into this game, I had said in the podcast, a couple of podcasts last week, the ROTB podcast and then my own here, that uh, the Rams came through this season unscathed at their top positions. They're, they're all pro players um, were, uh, still having big years and were healthy all year. I mean, starting with Aaron Donald, um, who's arguably, arguably the bet most dynamic game changing defensive player in the NFL. He remained healthy all year and was a huge factor in beating the Cardinals twice, uh, um, down the stretch when it mattered and when the division was on the line, um, and in the playoffs was, was on the line. Uh, he was big, you know, the Cardinals best interior defender, JJ Watt was, was out after seven games. The Cardinals were seven. Oh, and he was such a spiritual leader and, and a, um, and a dynamo on the field and creating, um, penetrations and tackles in the backfield and pressures. Uh, only had one sack, but, uh, as we saw in those first seven games, he was creating the kind of inside pressure that you need. Um, and he was so close to, to um, so many sacks, but he influenced uh, pressures that, that created turnovers. And he was outstanding, but the Cardinals did not have an answer for when jo when JJ Watt went out. Um, you know, hopefully it was going to be Jordan Phillips, but, Phillips couldn't stay healthy again for the second year in a row. Um, and uh, so, and then the other players were f flashed at times, uh, but uh, no one came close to playing the way J.J. Watt did. So, you know, there's quite a void there. And with that, the defense just, just started to slowly decline. Um, I'm sticking with the defense on the, on the, uh, back end losing Robert Alford and Marco Wilson for a couple of games. Alford um, was a huge blow. I, we saw the secondary wasn't the same without him. Alford was a, was a key player in, um, in the Cardinals, uh, you know, uh, best games. Uh, he was just an unsung hero back there. Uh, hardly noticed him in games because his coverage was so good and, and quarterbacks were passing away from him. Um, but then now you look again, well, what happened? What about the Cardinals depth? And 
it's kind of a colossal series of of uh, you know attrition uh, at the cornerback position once Alfred was out. I mean, think of it this way. I mean, uh, you know what happened to Malcolm Butler, who the Cardinals had high hopes for this year, who uh, you know surprised everyone and retired. So he was out of the picture, but Alfred steps in and plays great. But then when Alfred goes out, you'd love to have a guy like Rasul Douglas step in, except that the Cardinals never evaluated him properly and uh, let him go um, to the to the Packers, where he's been outstanding. Um, you know, while we're there with the Packers, I mean, Devondre Campbell is first team All Pro. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, with the Cardinals, he didn't play, you know, and, and Campbell played Mike, plays Mike in Green Bay. I mean, you know, that's a testament in itself to, you know, the, the Packers coaches are get, getting, you know, f- fantastic play from Campbell in the middle and, and uh, Douglas on, at corner in need, need spots. And I think it, that's one of the thing that's, things that points in the direction of and the question of just how well are the Cardinals um, defensive players being coached um, and given roles that, that they can thrive in. Um, we'll have to talk about that. But but then, you know, also Cardinals traded away Tay Gowan and the Hurts deal kind of hurts that they had to add a player in there. Um, he might have been able to help. Uh, you know, in a key NFC West game at the end against the Seahawks, you know, Breon Borders just, you know, was with the team a week. It was reminiscent of, of um, Curtis Riley last year um, coming in off the street and in one week playing, getting snaps in front of people who'd been there. And, um, and unfortunately, and, not really Borders' fault. He had one one week to prepare for this. Um, you know, he struggled mightily, and the, the whole back end of the of the of the secondary broke down. Also, um, as time wore on, I mean, Byron Murphy started out the season looking by far um, the best he's ever looked uh, in the NFL, and it was so promising. And unfortunately, like the team. Murphy's play just uh, peaked at around the 12 game mark and then slowly and consistently declined. And I kind of wonder how much of that is due to coaching or, um, you know, and how much of that is, is due to wear and tear or whatever happened or loss of confidence that he had. But uh, again, last night, Murphy really struggled, uh, particularly in the goal line. Um, where he doesn't make breaks on on uh, routes, particularly easy out routes, and uh, gets beat, and um, you know that's something that uh, we're gonna the Cardinals are gonna need to address too. Is you know Murphy heads into a contract year next year, and it's a big year for him. And I think he's got it in him. Uh, I don't think. Um, He's being coached properly. I don't think we saw a lot of confidence on defense, particularly as the season wore wore on without J.J. Watt in there and then without Alfred in there. Those were two huge losses. Whereas the Rams, you know, Jalen Ramsey's been a mainstay all year. 
he's been he had the one week out with COVID, but it didn't hurt them against the Cardinals. And unfortunately, the Cardinals couldn't couldn't take advantage of that. And um, yes, we saw last night the Rams depth stepped up and played excellent football. I mean, two no name um, safeties who everyone thought the Cardinals would pick on was Zach Ertz, basically were ballers in last night's game and you know you'd never really know that they were missing anyone and um you know so you know in in a season like this which is a story of attrition which virtually all nfl seasons are but in this season compounded by covid and and the day-to-day uncertainty of knowing who's available and uh um who's on the on the in the protocols and you know, um, the Rams handled it much better on on the on the other end. Uh, Hopkins goes down on, on offense. That was a huge loss for the Cardinals. Um, and uh, you know, the depth behind him clearly. You know, uh, Antoine Wesley made some good plays and had some bright spots, but certainly, um, you know, he wasn't a, a consistent. Um, you know, target guy in the offense. Uh, and, you know, he had his, as a young player, he had his ups and downs, but he did have some ups and that was good. But, but then, um, you know, AJ Green was supposed to step, step up and he really faltered down the stretch, uh, had some really tough moments. And um, he and Kyler never seemed to really get uh, totally in sync. And of course, last night it was magnified by the, by um, Green fumbling the 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 clear catch he initially had on that <clears throat> nice throw from Kyler that was uh, reversed. The call was reversed when McVeigh challenged it, and that was a huge play in that game in the first half, um, and it kept the Cardinals in a hole. Where once again, I mean, Kyler from the end zone is. Is uh, is an issue um, has been for for uh, the last couple of years. I mean, uh, he gets jittery and panicky, and last night, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking, but uh, held onto the ball too long in the end zone, which you can't do, and then you know did his Carson Wentz impression um, and uh, impersonation, and uh, that's just really really um tough to take um from a quarterback who should know better um at this point whether whether it was his first playoff game or not i mean you he's played enough football to know that's something you just cannot do and risk um in the end zone and uh so you know but here it is i'm talking about the depth again was that you know i I never got the sense and maybe you know you can help me out on this but I never got the sense that Kyler really, once Hopkins went out, I mean, I certainly, you know, the combination of Hopkins going out with Connor getting banged up, their two most productive players in the red zone contributed to the fact that the Cardinals' red zone offense became rather anemic, um, not nearly as good as what it was earlier in the year. I mean, Hopkins was great down there, and so was was so so was. Uh, Connor and um, without those two um, in some games and then having, you know, 
Connor get banged up. Uh, that really hurt. And but but Connor but Kyler's rapport um, and chemistry with his receivers just was missing. I mean, Christian Kirk was invisible for long stretches of games, and you know, I you know, at this point, do we really know Kirk is a slot receiver? He's not really a catch and run guy like a Debo Samuel. Um, he's good on crossers and and um, you know and, and and go routes and good on deeper balls, deeper in intermediate, deep intermediate balls. But he's not one who's catching the ball over the middle and making racks. Uh, they didn't try uh, Rondale Moore over the middle. Of course, we were missing him for a few games. That really hurt on top of missing um, missing Hopkins. But Rondale Moore, is, I, I didn't, never felt like they were using him properly. Um, I, you know, I just didn't play him like a traditional wide receiver. He's more of a, a you know, used as a running back out of the, you know, the backfield, so to speak, or out of the slot. Uh, and just thrown two on five yard passes and hoping that he would, um, you know, get, get rack yards. And uh, Moore was banged up at the end. He also, um, he's, you know, you look at the division now and you look at Odell Beckham and you look at, um, and then you look at, uh, at uh, Depot Samuel and you look at Tyler Lockett. I mean, these are the guys he's going to need to compete with uh, on a regular basis if he's going to run the slot in Arizona. And he really needs to get more aggressive and attack more than he did. He seemed more prone to just scoot out of bounds anytime he was near the sideline. And, you know, his college tape spoke otherwise. I mean, those runs he had versus the rack yards he had versus Ohio State, I mean, he was intrepid. Um, but uh, you know, we're going to need him to to play more aggressively next year, um, and and put him in more of a traditional role of being able to run dig routes and drags and crossers and and uh, fades, uh, the whole bit, the whole gamut. But uh, the Cardinals and rookies, they just seem to you know kind of uh, give them just. Uh, you know, uh, small roles and hope that they can get the most out of that. I don't, you know, try to overwhelm them with too much. And I think that that's in part a mistake. I think you got to put, you know, play your rookies and, you know, like what happened last night. I mean, I mean, on the other side with Collins, even Collins was playing a little bit. I thought he was doing all right and then came out of the game and then. Suddenly, both Collins and Simmons are out of the game, and Taylor Vallejo had his best game of the year. Um, he looked the part and did the job, but uh, both in in stepping through to make plays, um, downhill tackles, and which was sorely needed because the Rams were running the ball um, really well, uh, too well, uh, which has been a was a real problem for the Cardinals and particularly the second half of the year once Watt went out. So there's something wrong with a defense that can't seem to find a, a home for 
Isaiah Simmons and Xavier Collins. And with Collins this year, it almost was like the defensive coaches were like to Steve Kime, thanks, but no thanks. He doesn't fit. Um, we don't have a spot for him. Um, so often in games, he wasn't even used. I mean, then you look at, at Dallas and how, the, you know, they use Parsons and got so much out of Parsons. I mean, he was all pro as a rookie. I mean, but they played him and they stuck with him. And Parsons struggled in the beginning, particularly when they had him um, playing inside. They found a niche for him and he was a huge addition. But keeping these, these guys, you know, Simmons and Collins are too gifted athletically and they're they're rough and tumble players. I mean, they they're going to get after it. They're you know they're they're uh, aggressive tacklers and they're athletic in coverage. Um, I think both of them have probably have better pass rushing abilities than we we know of just yet, and that's part of their games that could develop. But I think something's there's a disconnect between Steve Kime and the defensive coaches and particularly Vance Joseph. Uh, I think Kime had the right idea in drafting Simmons and Collins. And it's exciting to think of our defense. If, if they get settled at the right spots. Uh, wow. I mean, this defense could be very gifted. Um, but uh you know, last night, I, I, I mean, I said this on the podcast, I was really worried about Vance Joseph um, versus Sean McVay. Um, McVay has really had Joseph's number, um, except for the Cardinals' excellent win in L.A. Um, in week four uh, last year. Um, and uh, their pressure in that game with Watt and Jones and Golden was better than it was last night. Um, and their zones were even even better with Alford in there. There was better uh, communication. And they got to Stafford, and he was overthrowing balls. And Byron Murphy picked him off. And it was just a really excellent game. And it's too bad the Cardinals with Joseph couldn't sustain that kind of of play. Um, but uh, as we saw down the stretch, I mean, if you have a defense and you can't stop the run and your zone zones are giving up wide open throws, as again, we saw last night, maybe not to the degree that we saw versus the Seahawks, but, you know, I mean, there were holes in those zones that Stafford um, easily, you know, to OBJ uh, connected and exploited. And then, of course, then you had, and this was the biggest worry too for me was asking Jordan Hicks to to cover Acres or Michelle out of the backfield, and you know that really bad. The Rams knew they had a huge mismatch, mismatch there. They they missed uh, Acres on the long pass that would have been you know um, up the when he ran the wheel route up the right sideline. I mean he was wide open then. Then they. They connected again on the um, flea flicker from OBJ. Um, again, a wide open pass. Um, Hicks just isn't fast enough. I mean, Hicks is a, you know, he's kind of a, an old school um, 
linebacker in the sense that you know you you have to play kind of zones with him because man to man he doesn't have the speed to match up on NFL running backs, and that's something that that uh, you know is going to need to be addressed. Uh, you know, Hicks has um, a nine million dollar cap hit next year with three million in dead cap, and I think that you know with a um, so I, if there's a roster bonus there of 1.75 million and and um, a base salary of 4.25 and um, you know the Cardinals could save six million um, by releasing Hicks. I don't think they're going to get anything in a trade because they tried last year and um, didn't weren't able. I think at that salary, I don't think Hicks any team would trade for him. And it hurts me to say this because I really like the guy. I mean, what a good leader, um, vocal leader and communicator he is. But it's just unfortunate that, um, you know, as a Mike linebacker, he doesn't do the two things you need the most, which is consistently get downhill to the football and then be able to be athletic enough to cover uh, running backs out of the backfield and, and um, you know that's that's kind of the double whammy there can Zayvon Collins do it I think better um, there's a much better chance um, I liked Vallejo in coverage last night problem with Vallejo is he can't stay healthy um, he's in and out of the lineup due to injuries consistently enough where I'm not. I think you can use him in spot duty, and he's been good at the goal line in goal line defense too. But, but I think that the Cardinals really need to address the linebackers' spots in this defense, particularly if they're going to continue to play the three-four. Um, which I'm going to argue that maybe they ought to scrap it because this year they didn't get any of the four linebacker positions right. I mean, you're going to run a three-four. You got to have three, four um, prototypes. And if you look at it, and I said this on the ROTV um, podcast with Blake Murphy, um, you know, look, go across the board. Is Marcus Golden um, a um, Sam outside linebacker? I mean, look at the way Reddick played it and look at the way Marcus played it. It's just night and day. Just, And it's not Golden's fault. He's never been a, a, four, a three, four outside linebacker type and it's one of the reasons why they moved on from him after his rookie contract was that he's more of a 4-3 D end and a, and a um, designated pass rusher which is his salary next year they can use him in that role and he it would be better to use him there because he won't you know um, uh, in that role I mean they could keep him fresh but asking him to do all the things that a Sam outside linebacker has to do contain, um, set the edge, defend the run. Um, you know, it took a lot out of Golden, and I think he hit a bit of a wall um, toward down the stretch. He certainly didn't have the legs that he had earlier in the season. Um, then you look at Hicks. Is he prototypical Mike in a, in a 34? The answer to that is no. Um, then you look at Simmons. Is he a prototypical weak inside linebacker in a 34? He hasn't warmed up to the role. I mean, here we are in the playoffs and they're subbing out for him. 
Um, and, you know, and the answer to that is no. I mean, we knew fans watching the, the tapes of him at Clemson, we knew that was the one spot where they put him where he was most tentative. And um, it's particularly in the championship game against LSU, he was very tentative in that game when they put him inside. When he was out in space, he was much, much better. And uh, I think the move with him is to play him at safety or corner, um, at strong safety in particular. I think he can handle that great and put him on tight ends and simplify his role there and have him play fast and strong. I think he would relish He would savor that role. The, the the thing there is though well so what do you do with Jalen Thompson and my answer to that is I think Thompson can play cornerback um, you know I, I think he can play it at a high level I mean he's a good cover guy man to man zones he's back into zones we've seen he's not not very instinctive um, doesn't get over in time um, well enough. Uh, you know, we saw it in the Seahawks game with the locket deep balls. And, you know, I, th- I think, you know, uh, with with Jalen, he's so good and he's he'd be a, you know, great force in the run. I mean, we had like a safety playing corner, but I think he's got the the complete package as a D back to be able to be a huge contributor um, and, and can play a corner. Or you devise a hybrid defense where you have two strong safeties with a mic and um, you know go with a hybrid with a four-man front may make a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Um, you know, moving forward, the problem with the with the thirty-four is that it takes the you know you're asking a lot. You know, I mean, look at Chandler Jones. I'll finish up with that. You know, Chandler Jones played really hard against the run last night. I give him a ton of credit for that. But, of course, it takes his legs away from him in pass rush. And, you know, his pass rushes, he never really got there, and he got steered wide by some very good tackles. I mean, Andrew Worth, Whitworth is one of the very best. Trying to get around him is like trying to get around a a, a wall. Um, and you got to outquick him. And um, But when Chandler did... Um, the wall just steered him wide at Stafford. Then Chandler had to try to double back, and by then it was often too late. But, uh, <clears throat> but you know, so Chandler Jones, I mean, and then you saw Jones again in coverage last night early in the game. I mean, that's not something you really want to ask him to do. He's not, he's, he's not a 34 outside linebacker in that sense, so what he is is he's a prolific edge rusher, and um, you know who probably at his age needs to do just that. Um, you know, rush that edge. That should be his role. Um, take him out of the base defense if you have to, um, but and play him on on uh, you know passing downs because. Uh, you know, ask him to do the other stuff. I think out of a four line, four man line, he can. He made strides defending the run this year. I give him credit for that. He he worked hard at it and um, and um, set the edge. But he wasn't good at contain. I mean, that's the other thing. So you need you need like tweeners on the edges there. You need 
outside linebacker types who are also good pass rushers. Um, a guy that comes to mind is Hassan Reddick. Uh, he was finally the the best 34 outside linebacker that I've seen the Cardinals have in ages because he fits the mold in all cases. He can contain. He's got the athleticism to contain. He's got the speed to cover, and he's you know can set the edge and he can rush that edge. And he's he's a his his uh, technique, his outside in technique rushing the edge is textbook. So uh, it'd be wonderful to get him back. But of course, he's going to be high priced, and I don't know if he would want to come back to Arizona. But you're going to have to try to target players if you stay in the four in the three four who can do that and then what the cardinals have made the mistake on is thinking they just can put a good college athlete at weak inside linebacker and no you need an instinct guy there you need a guy you know vallejo played it pretty well last night got it got it and he was and he was right there, step for step in coverage on the um, on the miss the drop pass to Higby on the out pass. I mean, he was there, right in coverage, um, which is what you want. Um, and but you need a guy who's got those instincts. You need a guy who can run downhill and tackle and chase and finish and be there for the cutbacks, which the Cardinals got burned on over and over all year. Except, ironically, when Zayvon Collins was in the in the lineup, he took the romance out of the cutback a few times that I saw um, in a big fashion and came up to meet it. Didn't like Hicks have it come to him? He um, sniffed it out and came up. And you got to get to running backs early, uh, and he was doing that. So, I mean, I think Collins is a fit. At Mike, for sure. Um, and I think Gardick uh, is the closest thing I've seen to Reddick athletically. And I think with a year stronger, he was starting to come on a little bit. I think he could play that Sam spot. So if you can re-sign Gardick and you've got Collins, now you got to do something about, you know, the Cardinals drafted Victor Demekije, um, but he's not an outside linebacker either. Uh, it was, you know, he's kind of another junkyard dog. Um, and probably a good guy to have on a four-man line on the edge who can defend the edge. Not sure if you've seen enough pass rush ability from him yet, but that might come on. Um, but, uh, you know, the Cardinals are going to need to add an outside linebacker who can fit the mold and be a prototype. Or they need to draft one, and I know there's some good ones in this draft. Um, but then again, it makes you nervous. Would Vance Joseph, if he's still DC, play a rookie? Um, you know, by now, I think pretty paranoid about that. Um, even if the rookie is the prototypical guy you want, um, you know his defense can't be that hard to learn that. You know, these guys are like, oh, wow, we're going to make so many mistakes with them in there. You got to get them through the mistakes and to where they're, you know, getting more and more confident. But I don't see Vance Joseph breeding any kind of confidence in Isaiah Simmons or Xavier Collins. 
I think he's messed with their heads. And I'm sorry to say that. I mean, such high hopes for both those picks. And I do not blame Steve Kahn for either one of those picks. They were outstanding picks. And they, you know, by now we we should know. But the Cardinals have never really had a plan, uh, the right plan for Simmons, just as they didn't with Reddick. And this has continued on from defensive coordinator to defensive coordinator. And it's time to get these things right. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to keep playing a 34, you got to draft and acquire 34 linebackers. I mean, that's the whole strength of that defense. And get, and you need, get, they're going to need another run stuffer up front, obviously. Um, and I still have said this that when Kime failed to address the interior of the defensive line at the trading deadline, and the Rams went ahead and got two huge pieces in Beckham and and um, Von Miller. I mean, I'm kudos to Kime for getting Ertz. That was huge, but the needs were too glaring, and also could have added another corner. I mean, we were all begging for him to to draft to uh, trade for Stephon Gilmore, which all it took was a six rounder. I mean, and maybe they'd have to bump it up to a fifth rounder in a future year or whatever. I mean, I would have even given up a fourth rounder for Gilmore. Um, you know, the the boost that would give. Um, but it didn't happen. I mean, there were other guys, corners out there that could have been had. I mean, they could have held on to, you know, Rasul Douglas. It's just very, very frustrating from a personnel standpoint. There's, there's just not – they're not on the same page, put it that way. Kime and the defensive coaches, and something's got to give there. Um, if I think, you know, looking at this, it may be worth the while for the Cardinals to get a defense coordinator who runs a 4-3 hybrid um, because of the basic personnel. I mean, because – Going into next year, you can put J.J. Watt on one end and you can put Zach Allen on the other end. You know, here's another thing. I mean, Zach Allen, he's a better – he'd be a better 4-3 D end than a 34 D tackle. That's He's better suited to play that. And he's a, he's a really good player waiting to happen. I mean, um, and he played the – left defensive end in a four-man line at BC. And I'll tell you what, he was outstanding at it. And I think he would be here. Um, you know, you don't have those guys in coverage. You know, they're, you're not asking them to, you know, they're edge setters and pass rushers and run stoppers and, you know, gap guys. And then in inside, you've got Lawrence and Foto, um, two two up-and-coming tackles, but you're going to have to add one more. So, you, you know, you, and and Dogby, I thought, made strides this year. Um, he's a little undersized, but he's a gap uh, and gap guy who can tackle. I mean, you've got some guys in there who are up-and-comers, but you're going to need another stud inside, and you're going to have to do something about Phillips, um, obviously, as we've talked about. But uh, – but then you've got these athletes. I mean, you could have Collins playing the mic, and you, like I said, you could do it. You could have um, 
Simmons on one side at outside linebacker and Gardick as the other. Um, and then keep your uh, safety, you know, you got the safety tandem with Buddha and Jalen. Then you have, um, you know, Marco Wilson at one corner and uh, Byron Murphy at the other. You know, also, maybe with a new coordinator, they can have, give Byron Murphy some confidence uh, and on the boundary as a corner. I think he's he played it great at Washington. I don't see why he can't play it great here. Um, and I think he's, he lost confidence, and the coaches couldn't help him. Um, but one two things that Vance does really well is dial up pressures. Got to love him for that. And you also have to love that this year the cornerbacks played less grabby. I mean, there were much fewer penalties. But unfortunately, they weren't as sticky down the stretch as you needed them to be. They were a step or two off. And um, yeah, that was that was disappointing because um, they those corners have what it takes. I mean, Marco Wilson played Beckham about as well as he could on that fade pass last night. I mean, uh, you know, that, that's a bit of a mismatch. I mean, Wilson's not a tall corner and – you know, Beckham had a little size advantage and vertical advantage. Um, but here's the thing on defense. The Cardinals absolutely have to draft or sign a cornerback who can who can cover Debo Samuel, Tyler Lockett, and Cooper Cup. I mean, absolute must. You can't go into those games thinking you can zone those teams it's just not going to work i mean the quarterbacks are too good and uh, zones are very very difficult to pull off in the nfl because if you give a guy a crease in an opening with the as good as the quarterbacks i mean you saw matthew stafford last night you know um exploit those zones and and do it with with aplomb and confidence he had a fantastic night i mean Dan Orlovsky, who argued Stafford's better than Kyler Murray, um, is probably gloating right now um, because in the last two contests, he clearly was. But he's also so much, so much older and wiser. He's got, you know, running a McVeigh offense, so that's very, very clever. Um, and I don't think Kyler's being used to his maximum potential. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I'll finish by say, with Stafford by saying, like, but as good as Stafford's been throughout his career, this was the first time he, in his whole career, he won a playoff game. So he took his lumps. I mean, Kyler took his last night. That's part of a growing process. I mean, few players, we saw Jalen Hurts struggle. Few players in their first time in the playoffs come in just zooming. I mean, Joe Burrow did, but Joe Burrow has, has three wide receivers that are just, you know, made to order and the rookie of the year. I mean, he's got, oh, my goodness. I mean, I was thinking last night at, or during the playoffs when I was watching the Bengals, I mean, if you get Kyler, uh, a, a wide receiver like Burrow has, you know, um, in um, – in uh, uh, the oh god, I'm blanking. 
Kyle. T. Higgins? He, no, um, the rookie who stud. Oh, Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. Thank you very much. I mean, oh, my God, what a receiver. I mean, think of if Kyler had someone that athletic, that explosive, opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Um, what a difference that would make. I mean, they tried to, you know, make A.J. Green explosive in that spot. And at times, Green got, a, you know, got ahead of his man and got open. But imagine a Jamar Chase type in this offense. And now those guys don't grow on trees, but, you know, are, but there are, this, this is another talented draft. And there are other guys in free agency maybe the Cardinals can find in that spot. Um, but getting Kyler, you know, uh, Zach Ertz back with Max Williams as the blocking um, tight end, that's going to be huge. And then getting him a receiver he can bond with on that on, on the other side, I don't think uh, A.J. Green's going to be the answer for next year. Um, it'd be surprising to me if they re-signed him, um, you know, particularly with the with the uh, uneven play down the stretch. But uh, but the thing with Kyler is, and Kyle Odegaard tweeted this out, and I've been saying it since they got Kyler, is that if you don't put Kyler on the move, you're wasting this talent. I mean, just relegating him to the pocket, play after play after play. I mean, defensive coordinators must just exhale a sigh of relief at that because Kyler's, if you're going to, you know, he's not putting as much pressure on the defense as if you're moving him around. And when you move him around, you give him better uh, vision downfield, which would be a boon because, you know, we see how accurate his arm is. But, and then you ask yourself, why is Kyler always in the back of the pocket? or like 95% of the time. And I, my own thing is I think that, you know, Cliff has said that he and Kyler in practice, you know, practice things, and Kyler gives me the okay if he's comfortable doing it. And uh, I think that Kyler has insisted he'd prefer to just play from the pocket. And I think he's stubborn um, and thinks that, you know, he should be able to beat anyone from the pocket. Um, all all night long, and um, you know, last night, Kyler was just thoroughly ineffective from the pocket, um, and he had antsy feet and didn't move his feet. I mean, I, one of the things uh, if our Cliff Kingsbury, I would do with Kyler says, you know, take your notepad and um, watch the Rams play the Bucks this week, and watch Tom Brady's feet. And watch how he's going to shift his feet to buy time. That's something that Kyler didn't do well last night, obviously. And that's something that comes with maturity. But also, the problem with Kyler in the pocket is that he's reluctant to step up into it. So you don't really have a pocket. You have He's just playing from, from the spot. And, uh, you know, and I can understand, you know, stepping up into it, he's taking on the big tackles who are coming after him, but also it's restricting his vision more to step up into a pocket at his size. So it makes perfect sense to move him around where you're going to give him better and clearer passing lanes and 
give him the threat to run. You know, when plays break down, moving forward rather than backward out of a pocket that's hurt him so much. And it was really disappointing to see him continue to take dives um, uh, as he did repeatedly the last few weeks um, when the pockets broke down. I mean, you'd expect, particularly in a playoff game, you'd make a more aggressive effort to, to wriggle out of there. And, I mean, Stafford did it last night uh, on a couple of occasions. I mean, that's something you, you got to battle and fight for. And, you know, Kyler's legs in this game had almost zero impact. It's hard to imagine. Um, hard to imagine what the game plan was. Um, you know, just uh, – and what's really mystifying, I mean, here's a, an opponent – the Cardinals should know so well and know how to attack by now that to have it like just oh and three and out four times in a row at this point of knowing you're on that team is just unthinkable, really, um, and so disappointing. Um, and you know, I don't know they were calling the play calls. I mean, Kyler was expecting one thing and getting another or something, but he was clearly confused and not decisive. And you know, what's amazing about this season is, I mean, as great as the start was, and and I I don't want to forget about that. I mean, you know, people say, yeah, well, you start well and you you know you you fade and it, it's it, it, you know just a failure. Well, starting well means, you know, help the Cardinals get into the playoffs. But the, the sort of bizarre numbers from where the Cardinals were once they were seven, let's put it seven and one when Car Kyler got hurt, okay? So after eight games. The fascinating thing is that Kyler only won two more games after that, but so did Colt McCoy. McCoy was two and one, and Kyler was um, two and five, right? Jeez, um, including the playoffs. I mean, and it makes you wonder too is just how much of a mental um, barrier and obstacle it is for Kyler once he gets hurt in a season. Because for two years in a row now, the Card Cardinals' late season fall-offs have been linked to also fall-offs from Kyler. Um, and, um, you know, not playing at the same level as he was earlier. And, you know, and last year and this year, he was thought of as an MVP candidate. But, um, and everyone thought last night they were going to turn Kyler loose. But it never happened, unfortunately. Uh, there are there's something to be said about the first time you do something. I think it can be a huge motivator and learning experience, and hopefully, um, you know that kind of uh, sour taste can motivate the entire organization to try to make the right adjustments and and in personnel and in scheme and in coaching. I mean, that's something that, that 
I think has to be of a concern right now or the Cardinals coaches adjusting well enough. It seems like, you know, the league starts to figure them out about the, by the midway point of a season and have a better plan for them. And then the Cardinals don't seem to do just, but also at the same time are losing key components and the depth behind those components is not as strong as it needs to be um, for them to be able to sustain their su success and keep their confidence. So, um, this is a team that definitely lost confidence and lost its edge. And uh, you got to figure out why and how to, how to come back stronger um, and more motivated. I mean, love that J.J. Watt is in the fold and he's someone to build around. I mean, we'll get into the, you know, who, who, Who's likely to stay and who's likely to leave leave but in this podcast for me i i think something needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball and i also think that cliff kingsbury needs needs to um look at becoming more flexible and i think he's got to take the reins and say kyler you know i know you're adamant and not about us not moving you around but I'm going to step in here and veto that. We're going to put you in motion next year. We're going to do creative things with you so you can get out in the open and be a dual, the dual threat that makes defensive coordinators lose sleep at night. Um, and we're going to move you around like the old expression, a moving target is harder to hit. And um, stationary target in the back of a pocket on a spot isn't. And, you know, there are times for, for playing it from there, but – there are also times to move a great athlete like Kyler around um, to put pressure, added pressure on the defense <clears throat> and um, to help him connect downfield. Uh, on special teams, we had some breakdowns at the, you know, towards the end too. And you know, that was, that was disappointing, but uh, Prater made a nice long field goal again last night. Uh, one of the bright spots. Sandy Lee punted pretty well, except for once one really poor punt. Um, you know, the special teams is something that the Cardinals continue to build on because at times they've been very special. Um, and uh, we can look forward to having Prater back. I think they'll probably re-sign Andy Lee. I don't know why not, particularly because he's such a good holder for uh, – on field goals for Prater, who's very confident in Lee and has, um, had his best games with Lee holding. So, I mean, on a for dual purpose, uh, it would be good to have Andy Lee back. I think they'll they'll probably um, make a deal with him sooner rather than later. Um, but there's there's the, this cupboard isn't bare at all. I mean, we got tons of young talent on this team that's as yet developed. And uh, it's exciting to think of with some changes or whatever they need to do um, to, um, you know, uh, get the most out of this young talent, starting with, with Kyler Murray. Uh, and then the, the biggest decisions need to be made on the offensive line. I mean, DJ Humphreys has an 18 mil cap hit next year and, it's 4.3 million cap space. They could save close to $14 million. Actually, they would save 
it's 18.5 down to 4.3. Um, the way he faltered down the stretch was of concern. Um, that's a situation that maybe bears watching. I mean, that's a lot to recover on a cap would be 14 um, <clears throat> uh, million dollars. Uh, you know, we've, they've got, uh, um, you know, Kelvin Beecham coming back with a cap hit of 2.4 mil. That's, and they've got Josh Jones. I mean, one could argue the best offensive line they had down the stretch was with Beecham playing left tackle and with Josh Jones playing at right tackle and the continuity there. Um, and by the way, losing Rodney Hudson for all the games they had, that was really tough too, because I think the Cardinals will need to have a better backup option. It's at, at, uh, at, at center. Um, than Max Garcia. I think Garcia, you can bring him back and play guard and try to build on his success this year. But, uh, you know, because he's, he's pretty good. Uh, but I think he's better off in one spot. Getting a backup center would be good. And Justin Pugh has an 11 million with 2 million. I think, you know, something needs to be done there. I think they he'd like to stay. I imagine he might Re redo his deal again in order to stay, but that's another thing you could you could get back nine million on that one and fourteen million on Humphreys and have twenty three million in the kitty to address the offensive line and um you know, so but Hudson's a mainstay and uh they got him for two more years and hopefully he's best year as a cardinal next year. That's going to be huge. Um, but And then, of course, with the running backs, I think they'd like to have both Chase and James Conner back. Um, not sure if they'll be able to sign both of them. And that's a dilemma for me. I'm Every week I sort of change my mind. I said, no, we should keep Chase. No, we should keep Conner. I mean, Conner brings a physicality that the Cardinals need. Um, but what concerns me is his high running style. It's not surprised to me that he got rib, rib sore ribs because he leaves them exposed. You know, that's why you, running backs protect their ribs and their legs by lowering their shoulders. And for whatever reason, Connor is not a, not one who's prone to lowering his shoulder and he's probably going to be, um, injury prone unless he changes his style. And I don't think he changes his style. So that one's a real dilemma for me. I mean, is it worth it? You know, it depends on what kind of money you'd want. But, um, and keeping him healthy. But I never got the sense with Connor, and this is the thing, like, you know how Cliff Kingsbury rode Kenyon Drake, right? I mean, I thought he'd do that with Connor, but no, he was... You know, Kingsbury really picked his spots with Connor. He never really rode him the way that you would expect for a power runner. And at the same time, in so many games, Kingsbury just didn't commit to the running game, which leads to another point is that the Cardinals blocking up front in the running game between the tackles needs to change, needs to improve. Um, 
And you saw the Rams last night between the tackles. I mean, they were opening up big holes and, you know, they're very effective and aggressive in getting off the ball. Cardinals, not so much. And that's something that really concerns me too. Um, I'm not very confident in the way the Cardinals offensive coaches are, are teaching run blocking. The technique looks off to me and the scheme looks off. It's not very coordinated. Um, uh, but someone might point to what but Chase Edmonds had like you know one of the best yards per average. Yes, but he's again injury prone, and you don't ride him very much in games, do you? So I mean, he's sort of picked your spots with Chase, and he a lot of those were on draw plays on like you know third and longs and stuff like that. Um, uh, that were successful, and he's really good at that. But what Chase is great at, and so is Connor, is receiving out of the backfield. That's something the Cardinals need to do much more, is throw to their backs the way the Rams do and the way that they, the 49ers use Debo. And, uh, Cardinals have their work cut out for them because you know that the division's going to keep getting stronger, and you've got you know, star quality on the other rosters and the Cardinals, I think can have deep, a deeper roster in time than those others because the, the others have given up so many draft picks. But they've got to cash in on the draft picks. It's so important that, you know, since the Cardinals have them, they got to use them right and they got to cash in on it. You know, people are saying, well, oh, the Rams don't have another first rounder for forever and Neither do the Seahawks and this and that, but the way the Cardinals have have uh, screwed up the first round draft picks on defense, which continues to be the case under the Kime regime, is just very um, dispiriting and discouraging. And it's got to change. You've got to either get a coach in there who's going to commit to these players, or you know, or a new GM who can connect better with the coach. Um, and provide what the coach really wants or whatever. Something needs to take place there and because uh, it's not getting done. And um, it's, it was one of the reasons why the Cardinals faltered down the stretches. They, they went from giving up 20 points a game to giving up 30 points a game, and that's a huge disparity, and that's something that needs to change. And then the offense went from scoring 30 to scoring 20, and, of course, that needs to get back on track. So... There's a lot of work ahead. I hope the Cardinal fans can, you know, stay stay upbeat and positive. I mean, there's a lot to like here. Um, it's frustrating when the end of the season happens like this. I mean, and that uh, last night was a real clunker. And it's been a rare rarity for the Cardinals under Cliff. I mean, they've only had just a few. Um, typically the Cardinals are much more competitive than that, but it leaves a just bad taste in your mouth and leaves you just wondering what's going on and lots of uncertainty. And you know, I'm wide open to your suggestions. Want to hear them? What you think the Cardinals should do? That's the fun of the off season. We can all, uh, you know, discuss this uh, at Revenge of the Birds on Twitter at WBJ Mitch. 
Um, but let's get great discussions going. I'm going to start writing about, you know, an off season plan that I think makes a lot of sense. And I also have an article mostly written right now about how the Cardinals are getting the 34 defense wrong. Um, and don't have, you know, don't have, you know, I think I'm titling it. Why can't the Cardinals get the 34 defense, right? Um, they never have. I mean, they had the ultimate 34 DN that kept it so kept everything right up front and Calais Campbell, he's gone. But now they have J.J. Watt in that role, which helped him go 7-0 and um, while he was starting earlier in the season. Um, that's a huge spot in that. you know. But Robert Kemdiche bottomed out. I mean, they've just had failure upon failure and on draft picks and, um, you know, and, and players who are just aren't, can't even really come close to what Calais Campbell gave the Cardinals in the middle and still mind boggling how Bruce Arians alienated him. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, there are a number of these kind of decisions that need to be made and we want to discuss them and, you know, I'll be interested in your thoughts about the coaching staff, uh, what you think needs to happen, um, the tweakings they need to make, uh, if if any at all, if you think the, the coaching staff should remain intact, I think there need to be changes. Um, I'm interested in hearing yours. And, and then, then with personnel, uh, I certainly want Colt McCoy back. Um, I've got to be honest, as I look back, to me, the most confident I've felt over the last 10 weeks, a quarterback was with McCoy. I thought he was smooth. Um, the snaps weren't so bad. The, there weren't negative losses um, that were kind of crippling, not as many penalties. And I thought he was very efficient at taking what the defense was giving them and getting the ball out on time. And it gives me confidence, I think, as I look back at Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, I mean, he all his quarterbacks were ready to play. And I think that Cliff does a great job with that. Um, he always had a little depth there and could turn to. But guys of different types, like dual threat guys or classic pocket pack passers. I thought Colt McCoy gave us a huge boost. And I don't know about you, but when I was watching that um, Cowboys – 49er game um it felt really good to know the cardinals were three and oh against those two teams i mean that's something to go back and celebrate and you know that colt mccoy win in in um santa clara was well that was stunning and uh, you know huge um at that point in the season so you know um i'm encouraged about the cardinals uh keeping Colt McCoy and I think you've got to get to the point where if Kyler's struggling, you got to play, you know, not be afraid to use, go to someone who can give the team, pick the team up. Um, and um, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think it'd make Kyler better the next time around. Um, but hopefully Kyler will have uh be more open to suggestion this offseason, not be as stubborn trying to take his game to the next level because the guy's a 
major talent and uh, but right now certain things are holding him back and um hopefully he can figure those things out in the off season and be amenable to change so that's uh that's what i got today um thank you all for your support during the course of the regular season we'll be um picking it up next week i'll have some interviews set up with other fine folks um at, on the red rain podcast many many thanks all season long to my outstanding producer kyle ledbetter and um to the red revenge of the birds for all the support that i you know that you've given me and um and the the teamwork we've had together with the members and staff and appreciate all that so uh Signing off for the regular season and on to the postseason podcast. But uh, the red rain didn't quite shower on our Cardinals this year. But you know what? Maybe this was the best thing that could happen. you got to hope that, that at least they got to the playoffs this year, which was a major step forward. It's only happened nine times in my lifetime, 58 years of, of fandom. So I relished that. It was Tough to watch, though. That was a tough game to, to, to swallow for everyone. Um, so, and I feel your pain. <laughs> but I'm still dreaming of the day to watch our Cardinals of the red rain shower down into our big, big, beautiful Red Sea. Red rain. <laughs>